Okay, so today's topic is um, interaddiction. We are closed humans. We are not open. We are not open to new experiences. We aren't open to new ideas. Um, ironically, I was listening to this this video this weekend that was on PBS with Kelly Corgan, and she was talking about dealing with her father's death and dealing with herself getting cancer. And something she brought up, which I just loved, and I want to share with everybody, and I want to share with Weezy, and we're going to talk about it a little bit, but um, it's when we meet someone new. And I know for a long time, I used to have that attitude, like, why do I want to meet somebody new? Because if I meet somebody new, it's going to be a painful. This is going to be tough. Why do I need to meet new people? I just want to stay with where I am in my life. Why do I need new friends? And Kelly said, why don't we look at a new person we meet as the ability to have a new friend, the ability to open up our whole life? And we have no idea where that new friendship might take us. But when we are in our addiction, at least for me, you know, I didn't want anybody to know the real me. Mm -hmm. And I walked around with kind of, I could, the only thing I can relate it to is like a knight that you see. And, and, and I can go because I just watched Game of Thrones last night. But, you know, the, having that armor that was around me and it was protecting me, this armor, this shield that I carried, this wall that was inside of me that I didn't want anybody to get past because if they got past it, then they could see the real me. Yeah. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. I, 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 um, you know, until I got, until I got sober, I, I rarely would go out of my way to meet or to introduce myself to a stranger. Um, I, I just didn't, I always wanted to be that person that would walk into a store or a restaurant or, you know, a delicatessen and have some people know my name. Um, but I, you know, I, until I got sober, I was very, um, you know, I was just, I don't, I it wasn't being shy. I just, didn't have the desire you know but now it's just it's completely different and I I'm I'm seeing the rewards of of being um, you know more more friendly and introducing myself and and making new friends and especially in recovery and realizing you know the six degrees of separation um, that's out there just in in recovery it's amazing it is um, the vulnerability that we allow ourselves to get to, at least for me. I'm going to always speak for me. When I am vulnerable, I open myself up to every possibility in the world, right? Not only is my yeah. face more open, my face is brighter, My uh, I look someone in the eye, I talk to them, I am actually listening. I'm present. In my previous life, it was like if I wasn't meeting you because you were going to give me something or I was going to get something from you or you were more powerful than me, you were more fancy than me, you, I wanted something from you. I didn't just want 
a new friend, I had to get whatever it is that you had that I wanted, right? If that was the prestige of being able to hang out with you because you might be cooler than me or you're more fashionable more fashionable than me or you had more money than me or you were a member of this club that I wanted to be a member of or all those things. And I, and I, unless you had something that I wanted, I didn't want to be your friend. Well, I think the one thing that you just said that is that that is critical is just is being present. Um, all the other stuff really naturally goes away when you get to a point where you can be present. And in my life, in my world, becoming present only happened because I got sober. And all that other stuff that you just said really does go away when you are present they you know as we said about other things you know the two don't have room for each other you know it just to be present to be sober and to be enjoying the moment doesn't allow yourself to drift off and think about all these other things that distract you and and take you away from living in the moment right because when we and when we don't like ourselves, because I can say when I drank, I didn't like myself. I honestly yeah. did not like me. I did not like me. I was embarrassed. I had a lot of shame. I had a lot of remorse. I had a lot of regret. The tapes in my head, and I, I looked, and I've heard that it referred to as the squirrels in my head. The squirrels in my head, the tapes in my head told me lies, right? It told me lies that I was not good. I was a loser. If anybody knew me and knew who I really was, you wouldn't want to be my friend because I was drunk. Well, and 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 also there's the, the physical part of it that, you know, if you're not putting yourself out there, I mean, for me, I didn't because, you know, you're just paranoid that you either look shot out, your eyes are bloodshot, you just, you know, tired, you're, you're, you know, you smell, your breath smells of alcohol, um, you know, whether it does or it doesn't, chances are it does, but whether it does or it doesn't, you still always feel that. You just always, or I always felt that way all the time, that it was, it was so obvious to anybody else looking at me. Right. Like, I'm a drunk. I smoke mm-hmm. a booze, right? Yeah. Like the smell even. I remember like taking a shower and being like twice or three and then and people could still smell it. And I was just so embarrassed. It was yeah. kind of like the, when somebody eats a lot of garlic, you're like, mm-hmm. oh, you just eat Italian food or whatever kind of food that has a ton of garlic in it because I can smell it. But the alcohol is the same exact way. It stays in your system. Yeah. And it's not until you're, when you're sober or, you know, you're, you're just uh, someone that, you know, doesn't have to be an alcoholic or recovering alcoholic, you know, you can smell it. It's so, and, and, you know, there's been a couple functions that I've gone to, um, you know, school functions that you can smell. And, and, you know, chances are somebody went out and had dinner before they went to the school function and maybe had a glass of wine, but you can smell it. And, um, you know, I used to think I was fooling everyone, but, you know, but I also, to help that out, I would also distance myself. You know, you don't want to go into a crowded theater 
um, and be sitting right next to somebody reeking of booze at a very, you know, um, at an hour that most people aren't drinking. And it's, it, it, people don't think that, um, that when we are, when we are in our alcoholism, we get a, um, and even I think sometimes the first, sometimes even a couple of years of sobriety, you know, you've got a, a chip on your shoulder in a way that is like, I, you know what, I am, either, we walk into a situation looking like either I'm better than you, I'm worse than you, but it's never that we're the same. Exactly. And so that, true. and that chip that we use then defines us because it it doesn't make us open to new like I talked about in the beginning, new relationships, new friendships, new every like any kind of new opportunity because we stay so closed off. Our world is so small. And you know, no matter what anybody's journey is the the process of recovery whether you're going to you know outpatient inpatient whatever it is IOP um, whatever avenue you take I I still think that on some level everybody kind of gets turned inside out I mean it's it's such a raw place for you to be and I, you know, I embrace it now. I mean, I, you know, especially in a rehab situation where you're pretty much, you know, exposing your life and, you know, everything. And, it, and it, not even just rehab, but even in, you know, AA that, you know, with your conversations and, and being trustworthy of the people that you're sitting around that are total strangers and you're telling your story to, um, it does make you very, very vulnerable and very raw and, it's a good thing. Um, I used to think it wasn't, and now I, I, I think it's what's made me who I am today. Well, and it makes life, and I'm going to use this crazy analogy, um, it makes life really interesting, and it makes life richer, and like Rocky Road or Jamoka Ahmed Fudge, because life can be vanilla meaning, you know, just kind of niceties and nobody ever gets deep and nobody just, everybody stays on this perfect level of just like PC. No one gets really deep. Nobody gets emotional. Everybody's just vanilla. Yeah. And I can see where people like vanilla, but I have never been vanilla. I'm Rocky Road, my favorite, (laughs) but I'm definitely Rocky Road, and I like to have deep conversations, and I like to meet new people, and I like to hear other people's views, and a lot of times, people's views are different than mine, where I thought that was a bad thing in my previous life, like, that's bad if you don't like, if you don't see things the way that I do, because if you see things differently than me, then we can't be friends, right? Yeah. But now, you know, even in even in, in recovery, the you know one of the other beautiful things is just the you know not being judgmental um, 
I'm so non-judgmental, um, and it's just such a it's such a great place to be in. Um, you know, I I I, I just. I don't know. I mean, over time, and do you see yourself like that? I mean, I don't think it's specific to recovering alcoholics that we're not judgmental, but I mean, for the most part, the people I surround myself with aren't, aren't judging, aren't judging me. Um, and it's great. And don't you agree? I completely agree. And the judge and the judgment comes from fear. Mm-hmm. The judgment comes from fear of not liking you and not liking ourselves. I mean, everything in the world, I believe, comes back to the fact that we don't like, you know, when we're drinking, we don't really. I mean, I think we're in the, when we're in the midst of a party, sure, I seem like the, I'm not only am I the life of the party, but like I am jamming down and I'm loving everybody. But the next day, I'm walking around in shame and I'm walking around in embarrassment and I'm walking around in I don't know what I did last night because I was a blackout drinker. So I don't remember a lot of stuff. Um, it took me years to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. With the fact that I was blackout and I. I didn't remember. Did you remember? No, I was definitely a blackout drinker. And I actually always, you know, it was so often that I, I really thought that that's how everybody experienced alcohol. Um, you know, certainly not people that are drinking one or two glasses of wine, but I really didn't surround myself with people that only had one or two glasses of wine, you know. But I just always assumed that that's, that's what happened. If you drink too much, you don't, you don't remember anything. You black out. You, you, you know, have no recollection And it took me even longer to figure out that that does not come back. That, you know, you can think and think and think as hard as you want for as long as you want, and it's not coming back. Well, I even realized that you can't even get hypnotized to remember. Did you know that? No, yeah, I did. Yeah, you just can't even get hypnotized. Like, those memories are gone. And I didn't even realize, you know... People say, can't you drink normal? And I couldn't. Like, I couldn't drink normally. I couldn't drink normally. And people that are listening might be like, why is this girl still regurgitating this stuff that she hasn't, you know, she hasn't had a drink in almost 13 years. And But I still remember. Because this is what keeps me sober. Remembering. Remembering the fact that I couldn't go out and just have one drink. I couldn't go out and just be and just like okay I just had one cocktail and now I'm gonna have another cocktail no I went out and it was like I didn't I would no matter there were very few times that I went out and did remember the night and the crazy thing is is that I didn't quit drinking I didn't really even want to quit drinking until I quit drinking do you know what I mean yeah yeah, I mean, I, I I never remembered anything. I mean, and the time that it took to just try to piece together an evening that was never ever going to come back to me. Um, but try to remember. I mean, if even if it was, you know, having a dinner party where I sat. I mean, to go into a dining room and just stare at six chairs and try to figure out which one I sat in. I mean, it's, you know, that kind of mind blowing. You know, really, I mean, that is the, you know, 
the cunning and baffling part of, you know, this disease is that, you know, that the the frightening part of not having any recollection of what you said, did, sat, where you sat, or anything like that, that you still go back to it. You still have another night where that's the same exact scenario over and over and over again. It's just a cycle that just, you know, it's just, it's insane. It's insane. And we think that it's fun in the moment. It's like, come on, let's do it again. And I see people doing that. And it just is just, ah, and how bad you look when you're, I mean, I'm vain and I'm going to admit it 110%. I am definitely vain. I'm not going to say I'm not because that would be a lie. I am vain. And I look at people today that drink a lot and you think the people can't tell on the outside. It is so obvious. Your face is blotchy. You look red. You've broken capillaries. It's totally a sign of psoriasis, you know. I mean, I had psoriasis on my hands, and I know it was from drinking. I mean, all these things, like alcohol is poisoned. And it, it, and it takes everything from you. It takes relationships from you. It takes your ability to be open to a warm situation that you walk into. And instead of being able to walk into any situation and be excited to meet the people around you because you're proud of who you are, you hate yourself. So you're like, give me a drink. That'll make me not hate myself anymore. Yeah, it's just like we've talked about in the past, like pictures, looking at pictures. I mean, I could, you could put a hundred pictures in front of me right now of me in the past, and I, within seconds, I could make two piles, and one is when I was drinking, and one, one when I was sober. I mean, there, there, it is so, it is so obvious when, I mean, I did not carry booze well at all, and I know some people, you know, it's not as obvious, but I was. I, I, it was horrible. I mean, it, it, the blue and the, like you're saying, the like rosacea and the redness and the the capillaries and the, you know, it's just it, it was horrible. It wreaked havoc on my body and on my my physical appearance. It was just it's it's depressing to look at pictures. It's depressing. It's depressing, and when you're in it, and I know that there's people that are listening going, I don't think I could stop. I don't think I can stop. It's too hard. It's too hard. It's such a part of our society, which it is. It's part of – it's not only in America. It's in Ireland. It's in New Zealand. It's in Australia. It's in all over the world, I think, except for in some of the countries over in the Middle East where it's illegal. But and But – Everywhere where it's okay with your society, it's okay where you find drinking problems. And you find people that have this alcohol gene where the alcohol takes over and people are like, how am I going to do my life without booze? How am I going to live without it? And And what we're talking about being open takes a little bit of time. Now, I'm not going to say it happens right away. It takes a couple, it could take a couple of years, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it took me, you know, almost a year and a half to really get comfortable with, you know, just, I mean, and, and I look forward to it now. I love meeting new people, you know, and it always kind of comes, comes back to recovery. And I'm sure that's a lot of how I 
what I project or what I not project, but what I put into a conversation, um, you know, what I give, because it's a, it's a lot of what, it certainly doesn't define me, but it's a lot of who I am right now. Um, and especially if you're doing, you know, caught up in service work and stuff, it is a part of, you know, it's, it's a major part of who you are. My recovery is a huge part of who I am. And I'm so grateful for that. And it's interesting because I think that for us to really embrace and get to this place where we love ourselves 100% and thoroughly and we're ready to be open up, we have to let go of who we used to be. And a dear, dear friend of mine said, unfortunately, my dear friend passed away, but um, he had said, the old me had to die so the new me could be reborn. And what I'm trying to say with that, I mean, obviously we all have certain parts of ourselves that aren't going to change. There's certain parts of my personality. I mean, I am loud. I am boisterous. I am outgoing. I am, I am a loony tune in a lot of ways. I'm crazy. I have to say that I am crazy. And I don't mean crazy in a bad way. I mean crazy in a good way. But all those things, I, that, that was still inherently me. That's mm-hmm. always been me. But the part of me that I lost was my ability to just be comfortable being me. I don't know if it happened when I was 12 or if it happened when I was 13, but in that awkward part of life, when you don't know really who you are and you're changing the hormones and all the rest of it, and you pick up that first drink and that became the answer. Well, you know, I, um, I don't know. It's, 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 I mean, it, it it speaks to what you're saying, but I you know, I think it was last week and when I was at a prison, one of the girls was saying that she was really um, stuck on the fact that she was so young, and you know, she looked at it like I mean, I've seen both sides. I've seen older people in AA say, "I can't believe it." took me this long like I wasted so many years and 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 now I'm sober at you know 65 70 75 but on the other side of it you know you have people like this girl last week um saying to me like I can't believe that I have you know I'm so young and I'm going to spend the rest of my life not drinking and not doing anything and I thought to myself oh my gosh and you have no idea how lucky you are and everybody around you is that they will only see the authentic you, the real you, the good you. You know, I mean, there's there's so many of my friends that are in relationships and uh, or, you know, got sober before they got married and started having children. And, and one of the things that they are the, the most grateful for is that their kids never had to see them drunk or their spouse never saw them drunk or their, you know, I mean, it's just it is it is so it's so beautiful when i mean and especially at a young age too i mean there's you know there's it's a blessing if anything it's just a blessing oh and we think and i don't know again and i'm going to talk for american society because that's all i know really personally but you know it's like it's your rite of passage oh my gosh i'm 16 i Five and I can get drunk, or 13, I get drunk already. Kids in high school are getting drunk, and they think it's so great. But it's really not so great. It's really not so great. And I don't know when our society is going to change with that, and I don't know what sort of education needs to be put out there. 
I know growing up we had D.A.R.E., which was started by Nancy Reagan. And, you know, that was something we had. It didn't stop me from drinking. I don't know what needs to be done, but I have – there was an article this past week, and I don't know if it was the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, or what it was. My husband sent it to me, and it was about how there are less kids drinking today than ever before. Like the number of young people that are drinking has gone down substantially. I don't know if that's now because weed's available and it's legal in certain states. I don't know if that's the case, why it is, but supposedly less people are drinking than ever well, before. I, I would never have thought that, but that's nice. I mean, that's good to hear. I hope it hasn't been replaced with drugs. I hope it hasn't been replaced with drugs either. But what I want to say is that, you know, we need to be willing to be open and be willing to be open to new experiences. And I know, and I've said this on numerous occasions on this podcast with us, I I can't even tell you because this is like my 107th podcast that I've done with, uh, not with Wheezy, but just that I've done. I've known through these that I can tell you this. I was more scared to quit drinking than I was to get married and to have babies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was scared too, and now I can't even imagine. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I can't imagine my life with alcohol now, in such a you know relatively short period of time. And it is because, and that fear is good. Mm-hmm. Fear yeah. is good. The fear that we have that oh my gosh, I. I, I, I can't drink anymore. It's like that fear is something that we need to hold on to. And it's something that's going to keep us getting stronger, right? Yeah. And, and, and all those little moments, like I spoke about last week with, you know, waking up on the couch, having just fallen asleep innocently on the couch and waking up in that crappy feeling of, you know, not having washed your face or you know that and that just bringing you back i mean as dreadful as it is it's also it's so it's great i i you know i don't want to embrace it but i do because it's just it's just more you know um it's just more reason to stay sober it's it's it really reminds you and you need to be reminded i don't care if i have 20 years sobriety i mean i still need to be reminded how horrible it was on the other side. Uh, uh, Let me just share this one thing, and I know that this is off the the topic, but my girlfriend sent this to me last night, and I just think it's a, it's a great, um, a great reading just for everybody. Um, It says, my story is filled with broken pieces, terrible choices, and ugly truths. It's also filled with a major comeback piece of, peace in my soul and grace that saved my life. Isn't that awesome? I love it. I love that. It's mm-hmm. that peace in our hearts and we all need the chance to forgive ourselves and move forward and know that the answer isn't found in a bottle or in a pill in a pill bottle, in a wine bottle, in a whiskey bottle, in a pipe, in rolling papers in like we're okay who we are if we take the time to just breathe be in the moment and say i'm okay i'm okay right now i'm okay right now i'm okay right now 
I'm okay right now. And those now, those okay right now, which I think each probably just added up to five seconds, right? Those seconds will add up to minutes. And those minutes will end up to hours. And those hours will take you for a day. And if you make it through one day, then you can make it through another day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's where, you know, I, I want our listeners to get to. is getting to that place where you can get another day or another minute or another hour. And if you do, your life can become richer because then you can open up your life to a bigger community and have more friendships and more just life experience because when you're alone with that bottle or that pipe or that paper or that pill or whatever that is, it takes you out of yourself. Not only does it take you out of yourself, but it takes you out of society and it takes you out of being living. It really does. And life is for living and it's a gift. And we don't know how long we're going to be here to have this because I have no idea how long I'm going to be here. None of us do. We sure don't. We've learned that. And it's learning to live in these moments and these minutes and these days and realizing that, yeah, it some days aren't great, but whoever said life was going to be great every day. No one told me life was going to be great every day. So be willing to be open today and you never know who you're going to meet. So look at that opportunity instead of meeting a stranger, meeting a new friend. And until next week, let's get busy living sober. Thanks, Weezy. Talk to you next week. Take care. Bye-bye.